That's like guns. To me, it's, yeah, Trump's right. It ain't the guns that's dangerous. It's, it's crazy people. You're going to do it. Yeah. Right. And, and you know what they should do? These assholes who shoot them kids, they should just rip them apart, draw and quarter them. And instead they push it. I mean, they, they send them off to prison. No. Take them right there. Chain them up, rip them up the kids. That's the neighbor kids are ripping them apart. Pull them apart. Do, uh, get my heart going. Yeah. Don't If I can, they use, they, I usually take one or two of those travel zones. And uh, I, I was taking Tylenol every night, but they said that might be damaging my leg. So I probably shouldn't take Tylenol. I'll grab one. Now you want to wait a little bit. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, they they. they they take a while to work. Okay. And there's just some kind of anti-histamine you said. I don't know. You know, on Clooney, I've done quite a bit of reading on it. Uh, you know, I, I got my friend that just got cremated. I really wanted his wife to snip his finger off like the freeze. And the reason I wanted to do that, I mean, this is he died about two years ago now. He died down there in that casino. Was he eating breakfast Valentine's Day? His wife ain't never went back. Uh, it ruined it for her. I probably wouldn't go back there either. Yeah. But yeah. And it was, I think I told you, it was funny. He had 800 bucks in his shoe. And he told me, well, I keep extra money in my shoe. And when he'd run out of money gambling, which he did, I'd dig up, I always carried four or 500 in my shoes. So I'd take out and give along to him. And so I, we got up, ate breakfast, and he was like me, and I'm like, I am short of breath. I always kept telling him, slow down, Leo. And he was always rushing to keep up with his wife because she's young and healthy yet. Well, me, not that much younger, but healthier. And he kept trying. And the reason she always took me along was basically to keep him occupied. Oh. <laughs> so, down yeah, because, well, and I did. I said, God damn it, we'll slow down for me. So I'd make him walk at my speed, which is pretty slow. And uh, anyway, he had 800 bucks in his shoe. She went to the bathroom, and she was getting ready to leave. And uh, he said, yeah, I want 800 bucks. I put it in my shoe. He said, I got 6,000 more at home. Don't, don't tell Judy. I said, well, yeah, of course. And uh, anyway, just as Judy got back, he, he said, I got shocked. And then he threw, jumped, he stood up and he 
stuck his hands up in the air and he goes, I really got shot. And then he popped over dead. And that was in Delio. Anyway, she had him cremated. And I was I was really I couldn't hardly walk. I went to the funeral but I and they were thinking I stayed in the but she had him cremated. And I asked her if I could cut off his little finger uh, and freeze it. Now the reason I wanted to do that <laughs> and she would do, my brother Terry died and Viagra's killed him of all goddamn things and he died about the same time Leo did and he called his girlfriend called me up from Texas and she said yeah your brother called me up he said he's got some Viagra's they, he's, uh, he was 16 years younger than me I'm uh, how old am I 72 uh, so he would have been 60 something anyway I was <laughs> he she she called me up. I take it back. After he died, she called me up, and she said that he called her up. She lives in Tennessee or somewhere, and she was going down to visit him. And she said, "Hey, Terry, called me up, and he said he's got some of these Viagra's and he's hard as a rock. He said he wants me to come down there this weekend, and she wanted to know if I'd come down to Corpus Christi too." I said, "No, I just won't feel good enough." Well, anyway, he took him damn Viagra's, and he went got some beer, and he came out and he had a stroke and died. And so that. That thing on TV about Viagra, he gave me some of the pills. I never did ever use any of them. But if you got heart problems, you definitely do. And he did. He had quite a bit of heart problems. Not quite as bad as me, but close. Yeah. All right. Oh, thank you. I was trying to think, look, there's something I wanted to tell you. but Oh, yeah, about freezing. Uh, <laughs> I like to, on the Internet, of course, do my research. It's a real good place to go. Uh, in one of the universities, they were cleaning out the deep freeze. And they had these mice that had been dead 16 years. It was just a standard freezer. And they did down the bottom of a plastic bag. And they were research cloned mice that they had tried. They were cancerous mice. They, were, they had introduced cancer cells into them. And then they cloned a bunch of them for some kind of research. Anyway, these two died. And they threw them in the freezer. Forgot about them. 16 years later, they're cleaning the freezer out. And they're cloning new mice at this university. And some of the kids there thought, well, let's, let's see if we can hatch it. Normally, if it's a storm, you put them in liquid nitrogen, which is 300, 200 degrees below zero, really cold. Anyway, they drug these dead mice out, and they uh, uh, took tissue from the brain, the heart, the lung, they took tissue from every major part of the body, and they tried to create embryos. The brain material worked best. Out of these mice have been dead 16 years in a standard freezer. They made five embryos and they hatched them out and they were just regular old mice. And except they were cancerous mice. But now their offspring were just regular old mice. But but the ones they hatched out from the original mice, they all died of cancer because they were genetically modified. So I thought I could get my friend Leo's finger froze and my brother's. No, and I was just daydreaming about this actually getting this cloning thing started yeah i think god's trying to i think god's pushing me i really do i, I feel like i'm gonna let him down if i don't get it done <laughs> and i don't want to let god down <laughs> and i'm just sitting here watching the uh trump stuff I'm, if you don't mind, I'm just going to keep on listening to it. I think it's pretty entertaining. Let's see here. 
not talk enough about that tonight. Melissa Malloy, Alyssa's 37. She's a registered Republican, voted for Trump twice. You're feeling about this. I think it's time to move on from the election, the 2020 election. Do his fits offend you? Um, I think he truly believes it. You do too? I think, yeah, I think that's what he truly believes. I know, I think a lot of his supporters believe it. Not all of them, but there are a lot of people who do believe it, and he tries to you know, go along with that, and I would agree that he wills it to be true. Let me ask 22-year-old Cooper Walsh, who is also undeclared but voted for Trump in 2020. Do you think Trump believes that stuff? I definitely do think he believes it. I think he's very passionate about it, um, or else he probably wouldn't still be talking about it. But I think that it's time for him to move on. He needs to talk about what he's going to accomplish in 2024. And I also think the media uh, shouldn't have focused on their huge segment on the 2020 issue. We already know what he thinks about it. I think we should be talking about one of the other issues that the questions had in the audience. Well, would it be helpful, Karen Olson, who's 56, she's undeclared, not registered, Republican or Democrat, but voted for Trump twice. Wouldn't it be good if he would just say, I'm ready to move on. It's 2024. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to be honest about it and move on. Wouldn't that be helpful? And then the news media wouldn't ask him about it if he would acknowledge it. Um, I'd like him to move on. I would like him to stop talking about it, but it is his opinion. So you have to attach that caveat, yeah, lie all the time. It just keeps it going. So it's his opinion. And right. He has a right to have it. All right. Just yesterday, a nine-member jury found Donald Trump liable for sexual abuse. And he's continuing to mock Jean Carroll, this woman who was sexually abused, according to this jury. He also says that that was rigged. You know, this not only is a jury of his peers, he's a New Yorker. He may live in Mar-a-Lago right now, that mansion in Palm Beach, Florida, but he was born and raised in Queens, New York, wanted to make it big with his father in Manhattan, did. He's a New Yorker. This was truly a jury of his peers. How does it make it feel that he's still making fun of this woman? Ask the woman that question. It's uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable, and I I just don't know how to what to think anymore. How do you feel about that? Um, it makes me uncomfortable. I haven't followed it um, too closely, um, so I really I agree. I don't feel like I have a strong opinion. And how do you feel? I mean, this was, this was a jury. These jurors weren't told, you have to say this. These, this is our system in the United States of America. This is an amazing system. It's not a perfect system, but it is an amazing system, particularly compared to lots of other countries. They agreed on this. And here he is at this town hall today. I've never met her before. And just been making fun of her. How does that make you feel as a woman? Um, I didn't really care. Why did you care? I don't know enough about the case. Um, women can be victims of abuse. Women can also make up stories. I mean, we see it all the yeah, time. I mean, so I don't know. All of these situations where people are coming out 20, 30 years later, I don't listen to it. One more question for you, Mike Pence. He said regarding January 6th that he doesn't think Pence was in danger. He doesn't feel the need to apologize to him. Does that offend any of you? He's not willing to tell Mike Pence, I'm sorry, you could have been hanged. Anyone offended by that? Sure. Oh, you are. And the final question. Any of you ready to say you're ready to vote for Donald Trump in 2024? You are. Sure. One person. The rest of you not ready to say that yet. Thank you all for joining us. We very much appreciate your time in this very important political state of New Hampshire. Anderson, back to you. Uh, I think it's actually me. Vox Populi, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it. Let's talk about what we just heard uh, uh, from uh, the panel. Dana? 
Well, I think it's important to focus on what you heard from a lot of those uh, those voters in New Hampshire talking about it's the media. It's the media going back and asking these questions of Donald Trump. Journalists wouldn't have to ask the most fundamental questions of Donald Trump had he not continued to during the, the, 20, the end of 2020, up till January 6, 2021, and up till today, said things that were not true, that were, that were not proven with evidence. We are evidence-based, and there was no evidence to show that. And so when we and when Caitlin starts a town hall, which, it, which is a very fundamental democratic ideal, he's facing voters. The first thing you need to do before you can have a discussion within the confines of democracy is to ask the person who wants to have the job again of president if they feel comfortable with the basics of democracy, like free and fair election and believing it. That's why that question was asked. And he hasn't been asked a question in that way in this kind of forum for a very long time because he has only talked to people who are, for the most part, not entirely, but for the most part, people who feed the lies back to him. Well, and we should just note, I mean, the context of these lies, Fox just had to pay $787.5 million dollars uh, to Dominion voting systems because of all the lies uh, that they told and they allowed to be told on their air. They have learned absolutely no lesson. One of their biggest liars as a guest during that period, Kayleigh McEnany, the former White House press secretary for Trump, was given an opportunity to fill in for the 8 p.m. host, Tucker Carlson, uh, no longer the 8 p.m. host. She's an election liar. It's part of the country's DNA now that a sizable chunk of the country believes these lies and thus are led to take actions that are anti-democracy. I think one thing I want to add is I also heard um, kind of the culmination of the last few years of undermining the idea of facts, yes. information, or evidence. Someone sort of throwing up their hands and saying, well, I don't know what to believe anymore. This is really disturbing, really unfortunate, especially going into another election where people have raised concerns about artificial intelligence, the use of deep fakes, bots, all kinds of ways that you can manipulate the information kind of infrastructure of an election um, using nefarious means. And we have people who feel just so disappointed. And, and I think the former president has done such a good job of undermining investigative branches, judicial branch. And now he's saying, guess what? If you're in a blue state, your juries don't matter. Yeah. It's very consistent, this kind of escalation towards um, sort of diminishing these institutions. He declared war on the truth, uh, and I'm not sure to handle it. Everyone stay right there. Coming up, we're going to speak with the third candidate in the Republican race for the White House, former Arkansas governor, Asa Hutchinson. What does he have to say about this evening? Stay with us. He snores like an angry rhino. I've never heard an angry rhino. That's actually what happened. Hey, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just uh, sitting here in my room doing nothing. Uh, you know this cloning deal. I gotta get it started. Uh, I gotta get it started. You're listening to me. I want you to think about cloning. I can tell you some stuff about it. 
that I know are believed true. Hello there. Would you like some lemonade? I would love some lemonade. And I please. What? My heart's bad. I'm sorry, I'm out of breath again. Enough inflation. Undo inflation with fish. I'm sorry. I'll talk to you. Yeah, I'm just so out of breath. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I've been having a lot of fun here talking to most of us. They all think I'm quite the character. <laughs> I guess maybe I they don't, usually, they don't usually have customers like me that entertain them as much as I do. I think long after I'm gone, I think they'll remember for a long time. You know that one case we had, that dumbass? Always talking about phone. And if I actually get it created, they might tell the friends, I actually knew that dumbass. It got that started. Life is a funny, funny riddle. And I'm very happy. I mean, I know I'm dying. I'm weak. Can't breathe. Got shit shoved in my heart right now. Little, I don't know what the hell they are. Some kind of thing. Right through my arteries into my heart. I thought there was cameras. They said no, they weren't cameras. They said there's something that measures your heart. I think it almost got me good enough to go back to the base, soldiers' home, Vietnam, or veterans' home. Not Vietnam. They're gonna put me in the intensive care unit. That's where all the guys go to die. And I'm going to try and get the guy's stories recorded. I got a laptop computer. You know, if I can, if they'll let me, I'll just set it up and I'll say, hey, I'd like to hear some of your war stories. And I'll do a video of them. You know, maybe we can make a show out of it. The Vietnam veteran show. The Illinois veteran song. In Vietnam, you know, if you accidentally killed somebody, you know, somebody you really didn't want to kill, you know, would say, sorry about that. If we dropped bombs on somebody, killed them, you know, would say, sorry about that. You know, burn up a village by accident, sorry about that. So that kind of sums up how most of the guys in the Vietnam War felt about the enemy. We killed any of them, or their kids, or dogs, I got or peas. What did we say? Sorry about that. Well, we said sorry about that. Sorry about that. I fished hundreds, thousands of bombs to drop on people, and as the plane took off with them, I always said to the bomb, "Well, well, whoever gets dropped on, sorry about that." I think maybe I'll see if I can get some mental help.
Arkansas Governor Angela Hutchinson uh, who is in uh, New Hampshire uh, tonight. Governor Hutchinson, what was your reaction to what we heard from Donald Trump? Well, Donald Trump was certainly thrilled tonight, and uh, what was clear, he had a weak performance and was locked in the past. He had a goal, I'm sure, to expand his base, to be able to prove that he could attract independents and the suburban voters. He failed that test. He narrowed his, his base of support. He locked in the past. He didn't address the issues of the future. Whenever he was asked about the economy, he gave one brief response on energy policy. So really didn't address the broad range of needs that we have in our economy to get it going again. And so uh, I think it was a poor performance, it was a weak performance, and again, he was locked in the past. He repeated his lines over and over and over that the 2020 election was rigged. Obviously, this has all been adjudicated in election boards and courtrooms. Uh, he he didn't shoot him. any uh, his vice president's uh, life being uh, threatened. Uh, he said he declined to pardon most of the rioters uh, from that day. I guess the question I have is, do you think that this is going to hurt him at all with the Republican base? You're out there, you're talking to Republican voters. I, I'm sure when you say that they want to hear about the economy, you're right, and yet he still is so far ahead of the poll. Well, he made a mistake by not pivoting away from that question and moving on to the future. And so he got locked into... Uh, the debate about 2020 election and that it was all rigged and his false uh, dialogue on that. And then he spent time on January 6th, and those were very appropriate questions. But the debate should have moved way beyond that much quicker because as I talk to people, they might believe the last election was rigged, but they're ready to talk about the future as well. And so it's not foreclosing winning those votes, even though we might have a fundamental fundamental disagreement on what happened in 2020 in the election. That's an important fact to remember. These voters still care about who can lead our country, who's got the right position, what's the party you bring, who can actually uh, solve the problems along our southern border. And so uh, that was clearly a mistake, but I'm moving more quickly to that. Whenever you look at the Ukraine, and that's something that bothered me a great deal, because he basically talks about himself being a great negotiator. But he set the stage by saying, we can end this in one day, my president. Well, that gives away every negotiating leverage that he has because he tells Putin that you're going to win. Uh, you've got the leverage as we go into negotiation. It's a terrible mistake. It's a terrible position. Not supporting Ukraine, not trying to win for Ukraine uh, in that fight against Russia. One of the most striking moments was when he mocked Nadine Carroll, uh, who just uh, was victorious in court in her suit against him. And he was found liable for sexually assaulting her uh, and defaming her. Uh, and he, made, he went into this whole little comedy routine, if you can call it that, calling her names, prompting laughs from the audience. This is that you're bona fide. I believe, if memory serves, you were a House impeachment manager against then President Bill, Bill Clinton, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is that right? When you were in the House of Representatives, so it's not as though that's you, right. have, it's not as you have different standards when it comes to a Democratic president or a Republican uh, president in questions of, of sexual impropriety or misbehavior. I know that you um, had praise for the jury uh, and, and take the issue seriously. What, what do you take from this all? Well, it's just wrong to undermine. 
Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this podcast because there ain't nothing going on. And these guys are so full of shit. Tomorrow we'll see what Trump does. I'll bet tomorrow his ratings are super high. They're saying, Oh, he lost all the Republicans. We shall see. I think he's got absolute control of them now. I think now Trumpsters will wear a Trump hat. Anybody who don't like Trump, they'll throw a rock at him. They'll knock him down, bang the shit out of him, shoot him. Either you're with us or you're gone. People in the Republican Party who want to act like Democrats, fine. Get over on Democratic. We don't want you. Period. Get out. Don't come pissing and moaning us about needing to help the needy. And We don't care. We're Trumpsters. Or at least ways we will decide who gets money and who don't. We trust. Yeah, I'm gonna take off. Andy, if you're listening, night, night, sleep tight. Adios, amigo. Hey, I'm heading to bed here. The old Captain Crash signing out. Think about getting cloned. It can be done. No, I'm going to try to get her done. God has told me, direct command from God, get her done. Cloning is needed right now. And I volunteer to be the first. If it's a bad idea, I don't want nobody else to go through it. Hatch me out and wait about two years. See how if I'm a good, normal, healthy baby. Well, maybe you could try it. But I'll be the oldest man in the universe.